Hello and welcome to Great Ridge Station. I'm your host, Sam Helgerson, and I'm pretty much a fixture around these parts. Thanks for stopping in on your way through. Season 4, Episode 2. Well, this is Part 2 of my personal motto, Equip, Delight, Exhort, and Encourage. And since this is part two, let me recap and get you up to speed. I do this for two reasons. First, perhaps your memory is really bad and you don't remember the previous episode. And two, I always like to make a few preliminary comments before this sound occurs. Some people just know what they're called to do. I have a young friend who's a drummer. He's been a drummer since he was five. And I have another friend who can fix anything. He's used that skill his whole life. You know what? I was not either of those kids. Everything is fascinating for me. Seriously, I'll go out for a walk with my wife and I'll find some fascinating piece of nature. A plant, a rock, a stick, a bug, a seed pod. She calls it my inner eight-year-old boy. You know, I can navigate around the dark night sky, pointing out different constellations and features. I can tear apart a computer and rebuild it in a new case, install the operating system and get it up and running. And I enjoy it. I love to write. I love to do woodworking projects. I love photography. I read classic literature. I stand amazed at sculpture and painting. See, my biggest challenge in life is that it's not always easy for me to corral my interests, to be productive, and get myself moving in a particular direction. I'm afraid I might make a really good ADD case study. And I mean no disrespect. I'm, I'm serious. See, that's where my motto, Equip, Delight, Exhort, Encourage, comes in. It provides a sort of quick test that I can apply to see if I should take a particular action or not. If an opportunity comes my way, I simply walk through each of my categories, find out if it fits, and if not, well, it's out. Guy Kawasaki, the former chief evangelist for Apple, made the comment some years ago that a personal mission statement is a waste of time. What you really need is a motto. Kawasaki recommended no more than five words that describe your work. It appears that I'm in pretty good company then. See, the point of a motto is to help us focus our efforts and avoid doing things that don't line up with where God wants us. As I said the last time around, this is not about me. I recognize that you don't care, and you probably shouldn't. But I'm sharing all of this because it's hard work to sort through the questions of calling and what should I do with my life. I'm doing this to offer some some ideas about your own calling. Ooh, listen, here it is again. How does he do that? Well, last time around, we spoke about equip, and that's my favorite metaphor for, well, equipping leaders. So this time, let's move on to the other words in my personal motto. Delight. See, delight might seem like a strange one to you, and and that's okay. I choose to focus on delight because, frankly, people need that. What I'm not going to do is give you a technical definition of the term here. I'm going to explain why it's important and how I see it. If you want a more technical definition, well, look at the Oxford English Dictionary. One of the things I've always tried to do is give people a sense of hope. In my technical communication work, that often involved the hope that they could master the technology. In my leadership work, it's the hope that they can do something to make a difference in really difficult situations. 
People don't experience delight when they feel like they're beating their heads against a wall, like there's no point to their work. Delight is that moment when an abstract idea takes on tangible meaning. You know, when the light bulbs come on. For me, though, delight is about more than that. Delight is about personal connection, a sense of humor. In my work and in my teaching, I always try to inject a bit of humor. It started out as a tool to see if people were paying attention, but it's turned into a good connecting point. So let me give you an example. A few weeks back, I got a note from one of my students asking for some clarification on a particular point in the course. I responded, and the student responded with a comment about some video presentations that I included in the course. That student said, thank you, professor, that helps, and you are hilarious. See, this is a smart student. I am hilarious. But the point is that even in my online teaching, I was able to make a personal connection. For me, that's part of what it means to delight. So to sum up, delight is about giving people hope. It's about showing that they can do something meaningful, and maybe more than they thought they could. It's helping them to gain insights that they might have missed, and, well, it's delivering empowerment, and, well, maybe even contentment. Let's move on to exhort. For several years, I used exhort in the list. Um, there are some reasons that I added exhort, and I want to share them with you. See, in Christian circles, exhort is a word that is most often applied to preaching. But I tend to think of its relationship to my work and my teaching. The best way that I can explain this is to break down the word origins. Essentially, it means to urge out. That is, to X out, hort to urge or to incite action, as in the equally obscure word hortative. See, to exhort is to call on what is already in a person and urge them to live it out. You know what to do, now do it. See, to me, exhort is the perfect follow-up to equip. If I've done my job there and equipped you well, all you may need is the guts to act on it. That's where exhortation comes in. So you're thinking, gee, Sam, that's so cool. Thanks for telling me that. Okay, well, maybe not, but that's what the script says. But anyway, I dropped exhort from my motto after I started doing this podcast. I had two listeners ask me, why does it say extort? Uh, apparently people read quickly and obscure words sometimes fall through the cracks. I don't extort. And just to be sure that people don't make that mistake, I dropped exhort from my motto. I want you to know that I did so reluctantly, so while it may not say exhort, I'm still likely to exhort you to do the right thing, but you already knew that. Next up is encourage. Encourage is often seen as the cheerleader, in the middle of someone doing something, cheering them on, and that's true, but there's more to it than that. All my life, it has been my goal to be an encourager. See, we can break this one down into bite-sized pieces, too. Many of my students have already heard me on my soapbox about this. Encourage is about giving people the courage to keep going, to do the difficult thing, to do the right thing, not because it's easy, maybe even because it is difficult. See, over the years, I've tried to help people find the courage to do what they are called to do, to stand by them, to help them face opposition, to help others to accept them into the fold. 
You know, I have to say, the thing that I love about the word encourage is the bottom line. It means to be full-hearted. That cur, that's that cur portion of the word, that's, that's heart. Only my ever-increasing geezer factor allows me to say this. I'm not boasting, but I have learned from experience. There's nothing better than helping people move on with their life and work with a full heart. You've known people, and I have too, who empty people's hearts, who send them away deflated, hopeless, and, well, discouraged. See, I don't want to be that guy. See, I know that from experience, too. I was that discourager at one point in my life. I'm happy to say that's one area where Jesus has refined me a lot. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I know for certain that I'm far different than I used to be, and I'm grateful for that. So really, that's the origin of my equip, delight, encourage. When I started measuring aspects of my life against it, it helped my focus and my productivity. Professionally speaking, I don't do anything that doesn't fall into, well, one or more of those categories. This is how I figured out where God wanted me to put, the, put my effort in life. See, years later, I marvel at how God used this to shape my character and my work. I mentioned this in passing in part one. The, this motto predates my work as an educator. That was not on my radar when I put this together. So I want to share another story with you about my own journey. Years ago, when I was trying to figure out what to do with my life, I took a lot of assessments and worked with a mentor, a friend, really, to sort through them. He suggested that I take the Strong Campbell Interest Assessment to find out which careers would be a likely fit for my personality. I signed up with a local community college, and they had people, you know, who would administer the tests and send the results on to me and to my mentor. Now, I want to I point out that this was supposed to be encouraging, It wasn't. The way this survey worked at the time, it provided a list of professions and how well my personality and interests aligned with each of those professions. There was literally page after page of one and two star careers out of a possible five star rating. A five star would be a perfect fit, by the way. So apparently I was suited for exactly nothing. My mentor tried to spin it in a positive way. This just means you're well-balanced and could do anything, but, well, that didn't help. There was one four-star item on the list, though. College professor. That was a result that I promptly laughed off. It It was at a point in my life where I swore I would never go back to school. That was simply not reality, not even a possibility. So shortly after the disappointment of all those assessments, I ran into the Lori Beth Jones book, developed my motto, and moved on. Curiously, or maybe not so curiously, God used that to shape me. And here I am, doing my best to equip, delight, with occasional gusts of exhortation, and encourage. Currently, I'm an Associate Professor of Strategic Leadership at Bethel University, and I lead the Master of Arts in Strategic Leadership program. I know, weird, right? So I share this to encourage you in your own endeavors. Life is rarely a straight line, and that's okay. As Soren Kierkegaard put it, life is lived forward and understood backward. As always, thanks for listening. Invite your friends to subscribe, and together let's build a community committed to learning and growing together. If I can be any help to you, just chirp me on Faceplace. No, seriously. Tweet me on Twitter, at LJ Helgerson. See you next time. Thanks for joining us at Great Ridge Station.
All content is developed by Dr. Sam Helgerson with appropriate citations of outside sources. Our sound engineer is Brick Martin. All background and bumper media is in the public domain and retrieved from archive.org. The opening music is from Guy Lombardo, Down by the River. The closing music is from Annunzio Montavani, Skyscraper Fantasy. I'm already looking forward to your next visit to Great Ridge Station. Bye-bye.